Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolia's First. To learn more, visit m1bc.org. Well, good morning, everybody. Everyone having a good start to the new year? Yes, no, maybe. Who enjoyed the snow last Sunday? Like, I, you never get to say that in Texas. Our daughters went absolutely nuts. Like, at our house, it didn't snow that much. It was like more icy, sleet stuff, but they were enjoying it. We were outside for like 10 minutes, and I got hit with several snowballs, and then my girls' hands were freezing, and they were crying because it was too cold, and so we had to go back inside. But it was, it was a lot of fun. Well, we're uh, wrapping up our series today entitled An, An Overcoming Faith, and yeah, we've been on this amazing journey. So wherever you're at this morning and starting 2021, the truth is, is that we're going into a year with a lot of uncertainty, a lot of things that we don't really know how it's going to go or how it's going to be. And so we wanted to start the new year in this series talking about how we can overcome uncertainty and how we can overcome fear. If you weren't here, uh, Pastor Milt on the first week taught about how we need to be confident in that how we overcome fear is through our confidence coming from the sovereignty of God and coming from who he is. And that is our starting point for how we overcome fear and uncertainty. Last week, Pastor Jesse taught about how we need to be courageous and that our courage comes from the truth that wherever we go, God is already there. That wherever he asks us to walk, he is already there and that we're not alone. And that is where our courage comes from. And this morning, our, our, our title is Be Persuasive, Maintaining Your Convictions with Grace. And, and what I want to do today, what I want to talk about is how we interact and how we address and talk to people that don't know God that don't have a relationship with God, or someone that doesn't have the same values that we do or the same beliefs that we do, and how do we interact with them? How do we engage them? How do we talk to them without compromising our convictions, without compromising who and what we stand for? So the truth is, is that we really, we live in a culture that for the most part has rejected God. And more and more are rejecting Christ followers. So how do we talk to them? How do we engage with them? In my short lifetime, I'm, not, I'm only 36 years old, but I remember back in elementary and in school that we had a moment of silence that we could pray. And that there were things of faith that were just kind of a given in our society. It is who we are. It's what we do. And in my short lifetime, we have turned from that into a society that is more and more rejecting things of God and rejecting things of faith. And the truth is, is it's probably going to get worse. It's probably going to get worse. So in that place, how do we interact and engage with people that want to have nothing to do with God? And that's what I want to attempt to do today. And I believe that it starts with us being a people of grace and truth. That we have to be a people of grace and truth. And I think it also starts with us 
that we need to stop expecting a lost world to live like and act like they know Jesus. So, our, Which brings me to my big idea for the day. The one thing that I kind of want us to walk away with, and it's this. Live so that people will listen to the gospel. That we should live in such a way with our with how we talk to people and how we interact with people and how we live, that instead of pushing people away, we are drawing them in closer to the gospel and earning the right to speak truth into their lives. Far too often, when people think of God and think of Christianity, they almost immediately reject anything that we have to say. And unfortunately, that is because for that person, there has been a Christian in their life that has treated them so poorly that they want to have anything to do with Christianity. So how do we meet people in that place? We are called to live in such a way to draw them to Christ. So how do we do that? What does that look like? What are some verses that we can turn to? What are some truths that we have to understand? Because we serve a loving God. We serve a gracious God. But far too often, Christ followers are unloving and ungracious. And so what do we do? Because the world has had enough examples of the judgmental Christian, of the arrogant Christian, of the prideful Christian, the unloving Christian. So how do we change that? How do we show them something different? And how do we show them Jesus? If we're going to change things in 2021, we're going to change and we're going to flip the script, if we're going to change the story, if we're going to change the perspective of Christ's followers, it starts with each one of us individually. It starts with me, and it starts with you in the room. If you call yourself a Christ follower, it starts with you being a loving and gracious follower of Christ. So I want to open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 18, and we're going to start in verse 12. And I just love the Scripture so much. It says this, If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hill and go out and search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. See, when you read this verse, it almost sounds crazy. Why would this shepherd leave his 99 sheep to go find the one? What, 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 something could happen to the 99. And so we look at this and it sounds crazy until you are the one that is lost. Until you are the one that has wandered away. See, far too often, Christ followers, we interact and we engage with those that are lost, the people that don't know them, almost with this judgmental attitude whether we consciously or subconsciously do that. I know for me, I've had to go back and talk to people that didn't know God so often and ask them for forgiveness for how I've treated them and how I've talked to them. And I had a very unloving heart towards them. 
So this isn't me talking down to you or saying that you need to get it together. That's not what this message is about. This message is not meant to beat you over the head and say, what's wrong with you? It's in to courage. It's to encourage all of us, including myself, that it's time to show the world something different. This is the truth. The law should matter to us because they matter to God. The people we interact with and engage every single day that don't know God, they should matter to us because they matter to God. I was reading this book uh, probably mid-last year, and it was a book on evangelism, and and the author uh, kind of put out this idea that really stood out to me, and this is what he said. He said, when it comes to evangelism, when it comes to sharing the gospel, Remember what your life was like when you were lost. Remember what your life was like before you came into that relationship with God. I think far too often we forget that we once were walking around aimless without any hope, without any purpose. And we forget the state of which our life was like before we came into that relationship with God. So I want you to think about that for a second. When is the last time you put yourself in the shoes of those that are lost? Those that don't know Jesus? I think we forgot, or we've forgotten, or we can forget how hopeless we were. I'm not saying that we overlook people's sins. I'm not saying that we accept people's sins. What I'm saying is that we look at them and we realize we once were there. We once were lost in how much different our life is now because of the life-transforming relationship we now have with the Father. So that is what we are called to do. We're called to draw people into that relationship and let God do the transforming work. Let God change the life as only He can. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to pick up in verse 17. This, I love this verse. This is one of my... Uh, this section of Scripture is just one of my life verses, or, and it is so incredibly powerful. So it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has become, begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And he has given us this task of reconciling people to himself. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting their sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Now listen to this, verse 20. And we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. And we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. I love this verse. It is so powerful, and it gives us a roadmap for the the basics of Christianity, of what we are called to do. That each one of us, wherever we're at, we are an ambassador for Christ. That we are making an appeal to the world to come back to God. To come back to him. That is why we have to be a people of grace and truth. Because the world has seen enough of the judgmental Christian. 
when we make that appeal, when we're speaking to people, when we're engaging people, we can earn the right to speak truth into their life by being loving and gracious. So early in my years as a student pastor, I was a student pastor here for several years, and I messed this up all the time. I mess this up all the time. There was one case in particular. We had uh, these two students uh, that were uh, leaders in our student ministry, and they were looked up to by a lot of a lot of students. And they decided, for whatever reason, they were going to throw this big party. And they bought a bunch of alcohol and invited a bunch of the students from the ministry and and all this stuff to this party. And I found out about it, and I was absolutely furious. I called them to my office. And literally for probably about an hour, I was just yelling at them. I was like, guys, you are better than this. You, what were you thinking? Don't you realize? And I was laying all of this truth at their feet. But the problem was is that I wasn't gracious at all. I cared more about their external actions than I did about their heart. And instead of asking them, hey, why did you do this? Like, What's going on with your walk with God that made you do this? I just yelled at them. And because of that, they walked away from the faith for about two years. Not because God had let them down, but because the person that was supposed to be their example, their leader, let them down. Now, I I had an opportunity to go back to these students and and ask for forgiveness and repent for my unloving heart towards them. But the truth is that sometimes we're not going to get a second chance. Sometimes we're not going to get that second chance to repent and say we're sorry. That is why being a people of grace and truth is so important. It's so important. So we're surrounded by the lost. Every single one of us, whether we're at school, whether at work or or whatever the case may be, going to the store to get groceries, we are surrounded by the lost, and God wants us to be his ambassadors wherever our feet step and to lovingly draw people to the cross and draw people to the gospel. So if we're going to persuade a lost world that there is something better for them, then we must be a people of grace and truth. We must. That doesn't mean that we accept people's sins. It doesn't mean that we compromise our beliefs. It simply means that we care more about their souls than we do about being right. Well, what they're doing goes against everything that I believe in. That's okay. Because they don't know any better. Well, the way that they're living is contrary to what I think they should live. That's okay. Do you care more about their hearts and their relationship than you do about being right? Well, I can't associate myself with those people because then what will people think about me? Well, what did Jesus do? He ate with the sinner. He broke bread with those that didn't walk the way that he did. I want to read this next scripture, this First uh, Corinthians chapter 9, and this comes from the Living Bible, and it just has a little bit of a different translation, but I want you to let the weight of this verse fall heavy on your heart and mind. Not my words. 
I want scripture to teach you. This verse is powerful. This is, uh, the Apostle Paul is writing about how he relates and responds and interacts with those that are lost. This is verse 21, it says, when with the heathen, and, and that word heathen, just to stop there real quick, that simply means someone that doesn't have a relationship with God. So that is the context I want you to listen to. When with the heathen, I agree with them as much as I can, except, of course, that I must always do what is right as a Christian. That's grace and truth. I don't break my beliefs, but I go as far as I must to show grace and love. And so by agreeing, I can win their confidence and help them too. When I'm with those whose consciences bother them easily, I don't act as though I know it all and don't say they're foolish. The result is that they're willing to let me help them. Yes, whatever a person's like, whatever a person believes, whatever a person's background is, whether it's different than ours, whether they come from a completely different set of circumstances and upbringing, whatever the case may be, Whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with them so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. This verse is powerful. I do this to get the gospel to them and also for the blessing I myself receive when I see them come to Christ. I love this verse because basically what that verse is saying is that whatever it takes, whatever it costs, the cause of the gospel is more important. It almost gives off this air of whatever it takes for you to bring the gospel to this person. Whatever you have to put up with, whatever conversation you have to have, or whatever activity you have to be involved in with someone for the sake of the gospel, up into the point of breaking your convictions. But before that point, everything is fair game. Everything is fair game for the sake of the gospel. We extend grace to those and love to those to earn the right to share with them truth. I want to demonstrate this a little bit, and some of you are probably wondering what the heck this is up here for. I want to try to illustrate this idea of grace and truth with you. This is just a metal rod. It could be used for a couple different things, but it's strong and it's sturdy. And a lot of you are thinking right now, I want to be like that rod. I want my faith to be strong and sturdy. But the truth is, is that it can be bent. And as much as I would try to bend this back, it can never go back to its original shape. Because the metal has been compromised. And if I were to continue to bend this, I'm not going to try because it's already too hard. Eventually, that metal would break. Now, I want to take a rubber band. Rubber bands are flexible. I can do all kinds of stuff with this. A rubber band can be used for many different things and be balled up really tightly. But eventually it goes back to its normal shape. 
Now, yes, there is a point that if I were to keep bending, the rubber band would break. But look, it's still a rubber band. It can still be used. It can still be useful. I think as a Christ follower, we need to be more like a rubber band and less like that metal rod. Flexible, moldable, changing our shape depending on the situation, changing our purpose depending on the situation. Going all the way up into that point of breaking, but not actually breaking our beliefs. Another fascinating thing about rubber bands, I've got some more up here, is that they create tension that pulls things in a, in a specific direction. So, if I were to take this rubber band, I were to let tension go on this hand, what happens? My hand is drawn towards this spot. That is precisely what you were called to be as a Christ follower. That you are reaching out and grabbing onto people that are lost and lovingly and graciously drawing them towards the gospel and drawing them towards the cross. But your method might change. How you interact with that person might change depending on the situation. That is what we're called to be as Christ followers and that we speak to others with respect and grace so that they will listen to the gospel. Because no one has ever been drawn to the gospel through someone being judgmental and hypocritical and unloving and ungracious. That does nothing but push people away and close doors. So we speak with respect and love and grace to earn the right to speak truth. So one more verse I want to look through today. It's Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. It says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. So when we treat people with grace and love, something incredible could happen. They could begin to tune in to what we have to say and stop tuning us out. So we have the hope. We have the gospel message at our fingertips, and we are called to be Christ's ambassadors to share with the lost world that there's a better way to live. Now, for some of you in here, or maybe some of you watching online, you're not yet a Christ follower. And I'm so glad that you're here. Maybe you've had someone in your life that has really hurt you that called themselves a Christ follower and it really turns you off from who God is. I want to apologize for that. For those people didn't show you what a Christ follower is supposed to be. So keep coming here. Keep, keep listening to these messages. Come and find a pastor or someone that you trust and talk to them about God. But for those of you that call yourself a Christ follower, there's a couple things that I think we need to do with this message. I think that every single one of us need to find a mirror later today and we need to look in that mirror and we need to get honest with ourselves. 
And we need to ask ourselves a couple questions. Not in a beat me up way, but in a how can I change things this year? First question, do I view the lost around me the way that God does? Do I view the lost around me the way that God does? Do I see myself as an ambassador for Christ? Have I just gotten so busy with life that I forgot that I'm here for a purpose? Am I a person of grace and truth? And lastly, do I treat the lost with love and respect? Because how we answer these questions will determine if we will be used for the kingdom of God in 2021. How we answer these questions will either set us free or will keep us stuck in the same old place. There's a couple things that we need to understand. And remember, if you sit there and like, I want to be an ambassador for Christ, but I don't know what that looks like. There's a couple applications I want to read for you. And I want you to listen to these. And you answered yourself, where do I fall? First, if we are arrogant, we misrepresent God's grace to unbelievers. If we are judgmental, we misrepresent God's forgiveness to unbelievers. If we are legalistic, we misrepresent God's freedom to unbelievers. But if we are kind, we reveal God's mercy to unbelievers. If we are caring, we reveal God's love to unbelievers. And if we are gracious, we reveal God's goodness to unbelievers. So if you want to be an ambassador for Christ, if you want to live and be a person of grace and truth, we must be kind and caring and gracious to those that don't have a relationship with God. I want to leave us with two next step challenges that I hope will help us be persuasive and loving and gracious towards people that are lost. First, care more about the souls of those or of, of the lost than being right. Care more about the souls of the lost than being right. We must be a people of grace and truth. We must see people the way that God does and show them something different. Number two, choose your words carefully, knowing they could draw people in or push them away from the gospel. Our words have weight and they're heavy. And if someone knows that you call yourself a Christ follower and you're unloving, you're disrespectful, you're arrogant, you're prideful, it's going to do nothing but push people away. 
choose your words carefully. Because for far too long, Christians have done some of the most harm to the gospel. Let us together change that narrative in 2021. Let us together change that story by being a people of grace and truth and living in such a way that we are drawing people towards the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much, Lord, for your cross and how amazing and loving and gracious that you are. Forgive me of times that I have not been a person of grace and truth. God, I pray that each one of us in here would leave here today challenged and convicted as only your Holy Spirit can. Not because of my words, God, but because of your Spirit's drawing of our hearts. That we together would change the story. That we would be known more for what we are for than what for what we are against. We love you, God, and we just pray these things in your son's name. Amen.